What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are conjoined triplets with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and I enjoyed the Pixies Where Is My Mind cover the first time, and then it got old after the second, third, and twelfth time. I'm Keith Baker, and I will not be calling the Seattle Police Department for help. And I'm Austin Terry, and I hope I never get called a lying cockknocker. On today's show, we're kicking off the spooky season, my friends, by talking about James Wan's return to horror, Malignant. For some, this movie may not be only a horror in terms of a genre, but also the quality of storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) This movie has been divisive, to say the least. But before we get to that, Austin, are there any episodes our audience should be aware of? Well, there is indeed, Matt. And it's the biggest of all episodes. No. Because last week... We put out a little look back at Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. All three movies were getting ready for No Way Home, where supposedly Tobey Maguire will be making his return to the web suit. Uh, We had a ton of fun going back to those movies. Some of them held up. Uh, The CGI did not hold up. But of course, our boy Willem Dafoe brought it as the Green Goblin. Uh, So if you want to hear our thoughts on Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, be sure to check that out. Godspeed, (laughs) Spider-Man. That got me. That got me. I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get these cranberries. (laughs) (laughs) Go check it out, everybody. Spider-Man in particular, our review of that first film, I think, was particularly incredible. Check it out. And with that, let's go ahead and get into the main topic for today's show. Like we said at the top, Halloween is fast approaching. It's time to start talking about a variety of horror. Scary... Movies, scary TV, scary franchise, doesn't really matter. In general, it's time to start breaking everything down. And guys, this might be a personal take. I think you might agree with me. We'll see what you think. James Wan has revolutionized the horror industry throughout his career, and I would say he really changed the game in terms of successful franchises and played a big part in making movies that probably would have been cult successes, like Saw and Insidious, and made the mainstream hits on micro-budgets. And that's kind of a big deal, because then you think about stuff like The Conjuring Universe, that would have never happened if he had not done that stuff earlier. And speaking of The Conjuring, the last horror film that Juan directed was The Conjuring 2 back in 2016. Since then, he did Aquaman, has been producing several projects, so it has been five years since James Wan directed a horror movie, and he has made his grand return with Malignant. And unlike his past horror works, this one has left audiences and critics alike feeling kind of mixed. So, without further ado, I figured let's get into some thoughts. Austin and Keith, give me your brief history with, as well as your general thoughts on James Wan's filmography as a whole, but I definitely, more importantly, want to hear your non-spoiler thoughts on Malignant. Well, I know you said he hasn't been back to horror since 2016, but some may consider Aquaman a horror movie in its own right. Not me. Not Keith and I. (laughs) That's going to be a (laughs) top-tier DC movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, James Wan, like you said, Matt, he is kind of the king of horror right now, especially for some of kind of the modern-day directors. Like, he really, like, horror is where he makes his bread and butter. Um, And so it, it is pretty cool to see him back into the horror genre. Malignant especially feels like 
an indie horror movie that would maybe get released at like a horror film festival, but wouldn't get like a big theatrical release. Uh, mm-hmm. release. So it is pretty cool yeah. that because James Wan's name is attached to it, like Warner Bros. is behind it. It's in theaters. It's on HBO Max. As for the rest of his filmography, Insidious, I think at the time, is a top tier horror movie. Same with some of the first Saw entries. But those two franchises in particular have not aged very well, I don't think, as time has gone on. Whereas The Conjuring Universe, I think, is probably his best horror work to date in terms of like staying power. And going into my thoughts on Malignant, I had seen the mixed reviews. I wasn't really excited to get into this one. Um, We kind of last minute decided to do this for the episode this week. And I was pleasantly surprised. I went in with very low expectations. It's certainly not scary, I don't think, but I think the story is really interesting. It has some very tense moments and a really great twist at the end that we'll have to get into later when we're going through spoilers. I'm, I totally agree with you. Conjurings are still really cool, except for the uh, the third one, but that was not James Wan, right? No. Did y'all see they're selling the Conjuring house for $1.2 million in Rhode Island? I saw, yeah, I did yeah. see that. Do you think anybody's going to buy that? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> it'll be somebody that's either obsessed with horror or it'll be like some rich person who just wants to be like, I've got the Conjuring house. I own it. It'll be Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as far as the saws, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Austin. Saws are not really, were never really my cup of tea. But um, going to Malignant, uh, yeah, heard trailers for it on the radio, even saw quick tra- teaser trailers for it. I want to say they kind of hyped it up a little bit. You know, it led on to believe as far as like it being a horror flick. I didn't find it to be that scary. But like you said, I still liked a lot of aspects of it. But there's still definitely some flaws that we're going to get into later on. Uh, but overall, it was enjoyable and entertaining. I think I'm kind of uh, probably more in line with you, Keith, in the sense that I love Saw. But when you ask me, well, Matt, what do you love about Saw? And it's like, well, it's uh, the first one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, James Wan directed that. It's like, okay, yeah, I guess you're right. And it's like, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love The Conjuring. Like that universe, it's so cool. And it's like, well, Matt, what do you love about The Conjuring? Well... I guess the first movie. And you still haven't seen The Conjuring 2, right, Matt? I've seen Conjuring 1 and 3, and 3 was garbage. But um, the point being, James Wan, for me, I think he really has a great just mind for horror and tension. I think tension is the word I would associate him with the most. Because jump scares, all that shit, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. I think all of us have grown up to the point where we don't really see that being significant anymore but the way he does tension he kind of draws scenes out and the way he kind of tells stories and paces them i think is really admirable so i really enjoyed malignant i thought it was really fun i i definitely have a lot of problems with it i'm guessing keith you and i probably have similar problems based on our conversations and just the fact that (laughs) this is a weird ass movie but The point is, I think he has brought a lot to the horror genre. I think he has made them very sustainable. I think he is, he's he's a fantastic businessman. There's no doubt about that. The fact that he did Saw 1 and then just executive produced the rest of them, then moved to Insidious, then moved to Conjuring, then moved to Malignant, and he does stuff like fucking Furious 7 and Aquaman in the meantime, it's pretty cool. So I'm glad to see him doing horror again. I want to see him do more horror movies. It doesn't mean I'm always going to love them, but this one, I had a good time. Didn't love it, but I thought it was worth watching. It's funny, Matt, you mentioned jump scares there. And honestly, one of my biggest issues with Malignant is that there are 
jump scare. Like there are a, quite a few jump scares in here with like the way the music cues up and stuff like that. Yeah. And the thing I love about James Wan's earlier movies is there are stuff that's going to jump out at you, but I feel like he earns all his scares and he doesn't do like a lot of the cheap jump scares. And this one had a bit more of that. And I was pretty disappointed when they did happen in Malignant. It's super fair. It's super fair. I, I'm in a weird place where it's almost like I can't fully... I don't know. I, it's almost like I can't even speak to like the jump scares anymore. It's just, I think horror movies as a whole within the last 10 years have just like almost desensitized the entire audience. Like, do you remember like 20 years ago watching a horror movie the first time and it's like, holy, oh my God, <laughs> you see something for the first time and it fucking scares the shit out of you. And I love Saw. I love Insidious. I love The Conjuring. It's almost like those movies watching them again they don't really get to you anymore. And that's just me. That's just me, granted. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's a James Wan issue or just like a horror genre thing where it's like none of that stuff gets to me anymore. But Austin, your point, I do agree with. It's really hard to have a horror hit, I feel like. like yeah. There's not a lot of actually scary horror movies out there. There are elements of horror movies that are scary, but like a through and through terrifying horror movie, there's maybe like two to three of them, I think, out there. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's almost like there's one cult hit per year and then one like mainstream horror hit per year, it feels like. It it it's a weird it's a weird genre to kind of play around with because it feels like you're almost trying to lose money if you're a new director in a weird way. So sticking with non spoilers, of course, like Malignant does have a, a pretty big twist. How what were your thoughts on like just like the overall story? Did it keep you engaged? Like where what, what about this movie, I guess, did you like and what did you not like? Just like one or two th- quick things before we get in the spoilers. Um, as far as not like, there's definitely some bad acting moments for me. What I did like was, you know, how they kind of explained how Madison was the way she is without giving away anything. Um, I guess just the overall build up to that, I think they did a good job with. And, I think, and then I think the characters all had good potential too, so... Uh, just some bad acting in there, I think, was my main issue. Yeah, I think I'd probably be even more in general than that. I really like the characters. I think my favorite part of this movie is, like, the individual characters. I, th- I thought they did a good enough job of giving them each, an, like, a personality. And whenever they reacted to certain things, it was like, that's weird. But then they would justify why they said those things later in the movie. So I really appreciated that. I think for me, the main thing was it was just a hard pill to swallow. I think that's what this one comes down to. And when they introduce kind of the whole idea of the movie, it's like, that was cool, but I'm 30 minutes in. And then they keep kind of developing it and developing it. And it's like, okay, interesting. And then they do a huge thing. It's like, okay, now I'm like an hour and a half in. The movie's about to be over. And I just don't think they kind of handled the twists and the stories and the development in a really positive way because it just felt like by the time it was getting to all that stuff, it was like, I just want it to end. It it doesn't feel earned or in any way. So that's kind of where I was at. Oh, really? Yeah. When they when they actually reveal the twist in the in the final act of the film, that's where I was probably the most like on board with the movie. I thought it was a great twist. I thought I had it figured out and then it surprised me. Um, with with what the actual reveal was, which I was really happy about that. I should rephrase. I agree with you. That's that's where I'm at too. Like I enjoyed it most when the twist came. It's just that it was. And this is probably like an hour and fifty minute movie. 
but I wasn't like fully invested in every single way until an hour and I don't know, 30 minutes in. So it took a long time to get there, but once we got there, I loved it. And then in the meantime, I have some issues, but that's going to be where we get to the twist stuff. So <laughs> we'll hold it off. So interesting film regardless. Yeah, for, for me, I think I think my biggest positive for the movie is the actual story and, and the, I guess, lore and like legend of this horror movie that they introduced. Um, my negative for sure is, I don't know if it's about acting, Keith, but I think there is some terrible writing for some of these characters. Maybe that's some, um, that's the better way to phrase it, some bad writing. <laughs> I think there's both. I would say there's both. Yeah, that's, pro- that's probably fair. Yeah. I think especially like um, whenever there are moments in the film where they're just like, okay, we're just going to tell you, like kind of, we're going to explain some things to you. The writing for like the explanations in this movie is so bad. So you're telling me the killer is your imaginary friend? It's like, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Before we get to too many details here, we have to give you the official spoiler warning. Keith and Austin, can you guys give me the spoiler warning and give a little flair to it, please? Oh, flair to it. Oh, man. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, In two seconds, a spoiler <laughs> warning is coming. The King of Horror has returned. Let's return to the spoilers. James Wan is back from the ocean. Mommy! (laughs) Okay, so our general logline for Malignant is Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact Terrifying realities. Ooh, spooky, spooky, spooky. Very vague, I will say that much. But before we get into (laughs) some juicy details, Austin and Keith, I want to hear you guys break down the cast and crew as always. Nobody does it better. So Austin, hit me with the crew part. All right. So Malignant is, of course, directed by creepy puppet man himself, James (laughs) Wan. You may know him from the Saw franchise, Insidious, The Conjuring, of course, uh, Furious 7, and Aquaman, and of course, the upcoming Trench movie. (laughs) Do we know that for sure anymore? (laughs) I think it's canceled. I think it's canceled. Oh, man. Aquaman 2. They released pictures. We'll have to see that again. And, guys, I will say, if Toto slash fucking Pitbull is not doing a mu- like a musical score, that's a loss for us. That's all I'm going to say. Malignant is also written by Akella Cooper and J.T. Petty. And this one is also based on an original story uh, written by James Wan and his wife, Ingrid Bisu. Um, Bisu has also acted in the Nun and the Conjuring franchise. And our movie score for this one is composed by Joseph Bashara. Uh, they have also been involved in the Conjuring universe and the Insidious films. So James Wan tends to keep his crew together for his horror movies. Always like the, the music in Insidious for sure. Yeah. Well, going into our cast here, we have Annabelle Wallace as Madison Mitchell, Maddie Hassan as Sydney Lake, George Young as Kakoa Shaw, Michelle Brianna White as Regina Moss, Jean Louisa Kelly as Serena May. With Susanna Thompson as Jeanne and Ray Chase as the voice of Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. <laughs> they gotta change that character name. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Gabe. I liked it. <laughs> oh, really? Every time they were like, "Is that Gabriel?" I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> well, hold on. I, sh- I should just say I thought the voice itself was really good. Oh, the voice was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all I'm saying. The voice is good. 
But here we go, guys. As usual, we do a quick shout out, positive or negative. You can do either or. What do you want to call out here? Because we have a great cast, a great crew here. Anything standing out to you? I want to hear what you guys think. I think I'm just going to call out a negative for oh, this one. Interesting. Um, interesting. Because okay. I actually I do like the movie, but the, this this negative really took me out of it, and that is the Sydney Lake character. No. It was it was just so weird to me how she's like what enjoying this. You know, like she's happy throughout all this. It seems like, and then she's also like setting up a romance with Detective Kakoa. And it's it just it felt like her prior the priorities for the character were, were very much out of line with like the actual events that were transpiring in the film. She just got reconnected with her a strange sister who was in an abusive relationship, and her first thought is like, "I played a psychic on a TV show. I'm gonna go try and flirt with a detective." Like I it just guess. felt like the priorities for the character I were so guess. out of whack for the film. I okay. did think she was kind of annoying. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well, Keith, what do you got? You have a positive or negative to throw our way? Let's see. Yeah, I'll say Ray Chase is the voice of Gabriel. Okay, there uh, we go. There we go. There's a good one. There's a good one. Yeah, that's a good positive. He did a good job. Um, as far as the other cast goes, I did kind of like the characters that uh, George Young and Michelle Brianna played as the detectives. I thought they were yeah, kinda, they were cool. Kind of cool. I mean, there were some weird moments with them, but um, the police banter is brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a weird mix. <laughs> it's weird. I gotta say, and perhaps the most shocking revelation, Sydney Lake. My favorite performance. I love the character. I had a good time with it. And I think talking about tone when it comes to being serious and dramatic, that's where things with this movie are going to get very interesting. So it sounds like maybe Austin and I are on different sides of that, which is totally fine. But I really enjoy this character in particular. I thought there was some weird mystery moments in terms of, I'm going to go find this out while you're doing X. And it felt like X was a very important plot point. So it is one of those weird things. I feel like most movies suffer from that. But regardless, I really enjoyed her performance. I thought despite the fact that she was being really fun and funny at times, it felt very real at the same time, and that was kind of the thing that really resonated with me most. It was like, wow, she's really kind of handling a bunch of tones at the same time. And that being said, Keith, I'm also with you. I felt like the detective story was super interesting as well, and I did not expect that either. I thought that was going to be over and done with. So there was tons of actors, tons of character stories that I thought would be kind of disposable, but they really impressed me, so... Uh, and to be clear, I don't have an issue with Maddie Hassan's performance as Sydney Lake. I just, just what they had, what they chose to have the character be excited about. And I agree. I with thought you was there. really weird in this one. I agree with you. I yeah. Despite my love for a lot of the actors, maybe every actor, I would say, I think there are some weird choices in terms of character moments, in terms of what they're going to do for most of them. Definitely <laughs> with the sister, it was like, what the fuck? So yeah, I agree with you there. Any thoughts on our lead, uh, Annabelle Wallace as Madison Mitchell? Um, I had I had never seen this actress before, and for the most part, I thought she was pretty decent. I, I thought she was really good. I had some issues towards the end. I'm not sure what was going on, if it was like a performance issue or a writing thing or whatever it may be, but it was like, I'm going to take my revenge, and here we go. And I really was on board for that character, and then at the end, it was like, 
all of a sudden the acting became very stiff. And it's like, when I see you next, I'm going to take you out. And I was like, oh, that was really, yeah, that was that's really weird. Brutal. <laughs> it just felt like all of a sudden James Wan was setting up a franchise, which us as the audience had not gotten before. And I'm excited for it. It sounds really cool, but it just came out of nowhere. In the last like five minutes, characters are coming back from the dead. Our lead character is like, I'm going to be this lead hero and stop the villain. And then the villain's like, I can't take it. And like the villain's defeated. So out of nowhere, it was like, we're going forward. And I love it. But at the same time, it was like, oh. And that it's was funny, great. too, because you don't need that sequel set up with the characters because they still do the, the panning shot where the light flickers, which yep. is, of course, Gabriel's whole thing. And you, all you needed is that. And it's like, OK, we might get to get one. We might get a sequel. We might not. So they could have written some better closing stuff, I thought, for these characters and still done the flickering light. Well, the flickering light, that leads us to a pretty big topic. You might say our main topic. Guys, I want to talk about just basically anything and everything. This movie was such a weird ride for me both times I watched it. I watched it twice, and I got different things out of the first and second watch. I don't know what to say. I want to start with this, and then you guys take it from there. So this movie has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the consensus was, while not being that scary, the thrill, the gore, and the twist were appreciated. What do you guys think? I want to start on this very basic kind of general opinion. Did you guys feel the same way? Did you feel differently? Let me know. I do agree it's not scary. I think the twist is what I enjoy the most because it felt like a story I haven't seen before. It felt very new. It is an original story. And there are so many remakes, there's so many sequels today that it was nice to just watch an entirely uh, brand new story created just for this movie. I'll say the thrills were there for sure. Uh, the gore was definitely there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the, the knife, uh, Gabriel's murder weapon that he would just stab people in the face with. I was like, holy shit. Like, he would just obliterate people's bodies. God dang, this is gruesome. Yeah. Um. So they really got it on point there. Really cool action that I was not expecting, especially in the third act. That like giant sprawling fight scene with the police department was really that was cool. cool. That was cool. I enjoyed that. I love that too. And I thought they did a great job. And James Wan, like thinking back to Furious 7, Aquaman, he brought like his experience with the action genre into his OG like horror sentimentality because- I really appreciated that scene. I think a lot of people are going to say, I hated that. But it was like watching a villain that we've been introduced to for so long. And then it's like, here's what they're actually doing. Here's the way they move. And the choreography, that was the thing I appreciated the most within all of that. The way this character that was trying to move backwards, except for their head and all of their limbs, did something different. It was crazy. And the way the choreography happened upon learning that was so cool. So the fact that they even leaned into that a little bit, I loved. So shout out to James Wan for that. And the way the Gabriel character moves, there there's a way for it to look really goofy, but yeah. I found it to look really unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was another cool thing because we saw how Gabriel moved, I don't know, for maybe like 30 minutes of the movie. But then once we found out about the whole... I guess, twin situation, the twist, if you want to call it that. And then we saw not only the twist happening, but then we saw the twist happening within our character. 
it was like, oh shit, okay, so I've seen the way the original character moves, and now I'm seeing the way... <laughs> it's just such a weird thing. Like, my head, who's in charge, and then they did such a great job of, like, moving arms and limbs and, like, walking and, like, running and all that shit. It was, like, so cool. I really appreciate the way James Wan will play with camera angles, too, in his movies. Um, like, a standout one for me is, like, the top-down view when Maddie is running through her apartment. Um, and it, it looks like Matt, it looks like 12 minutes for a sequence when she's moving through the house. If that makes sense. I like that too, Austin. Yeah, the, I thought that was yeah. badass. Yeah. And then another one too is I really like the scene when, uh, Gabriel has just killed like his third victim. Detective Kakoa is there. Uh, Madison is there like in her vision. And I really like how the camera pans around Madison and you see Gabriel in the mirror behind Detective Kakoa. Like, there's just really, there's shots like that where it's like, wow, James Wan is really good at still finding ways for some stuff to be creepy. Yeah. I always like the, like, the, I don't know what, how do you call it, the transition scenes whenever Madison is going from her being in her apartment to going into the, the next murder victim's apartment. I like Those how are cool. The, yeah. I liked how that looked with it kind of like clouding slowly towards her. We have to talk about perhaps the most important conversation, which is the twist. People are calling it a Shyamalan twist. People are calling it a twist in general. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't care what you call it in terms of that. All I know is this is a twist. And I was not expecting it going to this movie. I was expecting a fun James Wan, just like kind of typical slasher, maybe horror, maybe just a fun, cheesy movie. And I got that for a good portion of it. And then all of a sudden, they told us who the killer was. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say because I want I want to hear your guys' thoughts. When they introduced who the killer was, when they introduced how this character as a villain worked because they kind of occupy a pretty important body, <laughs> as we've seen in the movie, all I want to know is, at first... What was your initial thought when they introduced this whole weird twin slash I'm the killer thing? They kept telling us Madison wasn't the killer, but it turns out she, in a weird way, kind of was. The whole movie, I was thinking that it's just going to be some weird thing that escaped from the lab. And for whatever reason, Madison as a child was involved in the experiments. And so I kept waiting to be like, we're going to find out what actually happened to Gabriel. And then when they reveal that that he was actually conjoined and attached to her body, my my next thought was... Oh, so they they cut it off of her at some point because they said we're going to remove the cancer. And then this little deformed thing like kind of grew up into the monster that is active today. And then it was like, oh, no, we put her in. We put him in the brain and he's controlling the body. And so the fact that that, like I was wrong about all my theories and it kept surprising me like it it worked for me. But at the same time, it's like it's really goofy. But the the visual when she pulls her skull back and Gabriel comes out, super creepy, really cool. I love that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. I agree. But did the doctors put his head back in her skull? Okay. Yes. Okay, so Keith, here here's the thing. Here's what I kind of just accepted. The the second half of the movie that Austin's talking about with all the action sequences, it's super cool to watch this character, the way they like it seems like James Wan was like, I wanna have like a killer that's like their head is facing one way, but the body stays the same. So it's like how would a killer kill their prey if they were moving the opposite direction? Super cool. Unfortunately, the problem was everything else. And I'm with you, Keith. There are so many questions here that weren't really answered. 
in terms of, am I supposed to believe X? What about Y? What about how this character moves? I saw that character move earlier. They didn't move that way. What about their hair? Like the hair is supposed to be in front of their face the whole time. And then at the end, now it's not. showing our main character Madison's face. Oh, okay, I guess that's how it was the whole time. But it wasn't, because we saw it, and it was just like... Ah. So many thoughts. Keith, take it away. What are you thinking? Cause- yeah, I'm just confused, because whenever they're doing the operation, like, we're gonna take the cancer off. We're just gonna shove your cancer back into your head. Which, as somebody that doesn't know, I'm sure that's not... <laughs> At first. <laughs> well, they, they couldn't fully remove it because it would kill Madison. So we just have to push it back inside. We have to keep part of his brain in, in Madison's brain. Otherwise, Madison will have brain damage if we remove it completely. Uh, okay, I got that. But did they shove his little skeleton body back <laughs> in the skull with it? I mean, <laughs> they, they, cut, they cut as much as they could. And not the face. They forgot to remove the face. <laughs> yeah, the head had to get pushed back in there. <laughs> so I, I guess he's going to be like dormant again like he was at the beginning of the movie but what if she tries to have kids again is he going to keep eating the baby it seems like she's in the same situation she was in when the movie started it's just that if she ever hurts her head again gabriel's coming back out here's what i want to talk about i have not seen insidious 2 or the conjuring 2 i've seen each of those first films in that franchise but my question is, do we think there could be some crossover here because they play into the whole family element, as did this first Malignant movie, with the whole sister element, the stepmom element, and of course, the real biological mother element. And I'm curious if they'll have to lean into the next one, kind of having one of those be at risk, because Austin, like you said... As much as it sounds weird to say, or as much as I don't really want it, I I feel like Malignant, in a weird way, sets itself up for a sequel. It's like, I guess his return will be the next big threat. And it's just, I have no clue what's going to happen. So, it, it sounds fun. I don't care about the horror franchises that James Wan normally does. I, I enjoyed this movie for what it was, but as like a serious like thriller... Like, going forward, I don't know if I care. Do you guys? Does, like, a franchise sound cool? Because clearly that's what they're doing. He got lucky with this one that, like, the twist was interesting. It definitely, like, probably should have been canned, but I think the twist is what's really saving it with, like, having a 77 on Rotten Tomatoes and and all that because the writing is subpar, the acting is is hit or miss, and the the story is what really works here. I don't know how you keep this interesting for two more films. Um, and, And... I would hope that this is just a standalone one and done thing, but that's not really how James Wan works. He likes his franchises. He I does. could see like them doing something stupid like Madison becomes like a side character and they go back to that creepy research facility and there's some there's a, a case that's similar to it nah. to somebody else and they need Madison's help because she knows how to, to defeat their evil conjoined twin. Some bullshit. Are you are, are you saying Keith that maybe Madison and Gabriel are joining the MCU and the Avengers need, they need Gabriel. So they come and recruit her. They're like, Thanos is here. He's kicking our butt. We need your backward golden knife to come out and help the Avengers. Malignant 2, Terminal Twins. Terminal Twins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think it'd be a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, fuck. 
Jesus. Did you guys did you guys get uh, Jeepers Creepers vibes from like the kidnapping with the the biological mother in the attic like yeah. the way that that sequence was I really like that I thought that was really cool So I had the Jeepers Creepers vibes in the sense that I really loved that sequence but then I was immediately disappointed that how is this not the main movie Does that make sense I was like yeah. this whole like weird underground Chicago vibe I was like oh that's cool as somebody that has been to Chicago, but not spent that much time there. Seattle. I have not really experienced the whole underground thing. So to have this weird, like, horror slash chase slash just in general kind of fucked up vibe, I was like, at times they nailed it, but then at other times it was like, I wanted to see more of that. And then... It is it yeah. is weird that they introduced, like, underground Seattle, and then that's not where Gabriel's residing. It's only for a chase scene. It's one chase scene was the payoff, and that was it. I was really excited when he kidnaps the biological mother, brings him, brings her back to the lair. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, we're going to be exploring underground Seattle. He's going to be doing this throughout the movie. It's going to be really creepy when they find this. And then nothing really came of it. I will say, I will say, maybe I'm on the uh, contrarian side here. The payoff to that, I thought was pretty cool. I thought this whole idea of this weird, like, who the fuck is this character? Like, it's not our main character. It's not anybody we've seen before. And then learning that was the biological mother, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then where she was being held was not a random place, but the home of our main character. And she tries to escape and falls into the living room. I was like, okay, that was awesome. That was really cool. But it's immediately ruined by Annabelle Wallace slow motion. Ah! And then... (laughs) It's like, okay, we're doing the fucking song again. Like, I've heard it 12 times already tonight. (laughs) I was genuinely shocked because, as we talked about, I think James Wan is an incredibly important figure when it comes to horror films. The way he develops so many individual horror stories at micro-budgets makes them make, like, hundreds of millions of dollars, stays on to executive produce the sequels, while he's like also directing original stories, it's shocking. I think he's like one of the smartest people in the business. I really appreciate him. I think he's awesome. But my thing is, I thought that Malignant was going to be a one-off because he made Aquaman in 2018. He makes this. Aquaman 2 is coming out soon. I was like, okay, cool. Malignant's going to be this just fun one-off horror film from in between. But then they do this whole thing of uh, <laughs> Madison locking Gabriel away. And it was like, I'm not going to let you out. And when you do get out, I'll be there to see you. And it's like, oh, shit. I think Malignant could be a franchise going forward. I don't know if I want it, but I think it might happen. So before we go into awards and all that good stuff, guys, do we think we're going to see more Malignant films? Do you want to? And if so, what do you think we're going to see in those? We're going to see more for sure, because that's the way James Wan works. And they're going to be really bad because the movies that he hands off, <laughs> when he's not directing them, when he hands them off and just produces them, they're not good movies. No, I agree. Look at The Conjuring 3. Mm, terrible. Um, look at 1 and 2. <laughs> 1 and 2 are good. Then he hands it off and it's bad. Oh. Um, especially with something like this because they're going to... This was, I thought, a really unique original story. 
Now they're going to have to find a way to make a sequel, and it's not going to be like as organic of an interesting twist as this one was. Um, and, and they're going to have to find a way to shoehorn in some other backward story. Like I'm sure, like you said, Keith, it'll be from the weird lab that Madison grew up in. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just going to feel very forced and like and definitely feel like a cash grab. Keith, what about you though? Are you are you excited for Malignant Two? Um, I wouldn't say I'm excited. I can't blame you. I can't blame you. I don't want to watch it either. And I'll probably watch it, but oh, I won't be watching that. <laughs> I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, I'm right there with you as always. If they make a be- a compelling beginning, we're gonna be in it. But yeah, Austin. Let's do a quick star ranking. We don't usually do that, but I want to do it real quick before I pose this final question to you. So, Keith, how about you start us off? How many stars out of five would you give Malignant, do you think? I'll give it a... I'm between a two or a three, so maybe like... Or maybe 2.5 and three. I'll give it a 2.75. Ooh, I like that. I like that. What about you, Austin? I can't tell if you're going to be higher or lower than Keith, so what do you think? I think I liked it more than Keith did, but I don't think I can go above a 2.5. Oh. So I'll give it two and a half stars. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. I am kind of in a similar situation where <laughs> I think I might have liked it the most, but <laughs> I think by proxy, I have to give it a 2.5. It's just It just feels like such a 2.5 movie to me. It's just right in the middle. It's below average. It's not great, but- it's not bad, and you'll have a good time with it. So, two point five for me. How many do you think there will be? Do you think they'll stop three, at two or three? Three, a trilogy. There will be three malignants, but then there will be a, just a spinoff called Gabriel. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> yeah. There will be three malignants. <laughs> somehow they'll probably sentence. they'll probably figure out a way to write it to where Gabriel somehow detaches himself from that. Madison, that's what I'm wondering. And yeah. he becomes his own little Voldemort kind of that's thing. That's how the second one ends. You know what it's going to be? The, the second one's going to open up with Madison giving birth, and it's going to be Gabriel, <gasps> the baby. Gabriel. All right, before we get out of here, guys, of course, we have to do our awards like we always do. Austin or Keith, do you guys have something you feel particularly passionate about that deserves an award from you? What do you think? I'm going to give the Abs of Steel Award to Sydney. Oh. Because when that heavy-ass hospital bed should have crushed her ribs into her lungs mm. and ki- probably ha- killed her or probably at least seriously her. injured her. Killed her. She just gets up after the after Madison lifts it off her, she just gets up like it's nothing. Ow. And just like, are you okay? I love you. Yeah. Okay, movie's <laughs> over. <laughs> That's a great point. I, <laughs> I, As somebody not particularly experienced with hospital beds in terms of their weight, I was like, that should kill this person. But it didn't. I'm going to give the... Jurassic World Award, hmm. and it is to Gabriel as a little puppet thing and his little T-Rex arms. Hmm. Gabriel's yeah. little T-Rex arms are getting the Jurassic World Award. Okay. Not the Jurassic Park Award? Well, Jurassic World, because this movie isn't as good as Jurassic Park, <laughs> so we got to go with one of the bad ones. <laughs> hey, now I love now that. I, like that. I love That's that. awesome. My award is a weird one, I will admit. I think there was one character in this film that I really appreciate it, I gotta say, was left by the wayside, and their fate was left a little too up in the air for my taste. Um, Kakoa Shaw really liked George Young's performance here. The final scene we see him in is him getting, 
I can't remember. He gets like shot or thrown. He gets thrown the golden knife into his shoulder slash heart slash whatever you want to call it. And he goes, ah, ah. <laughs> and then I will shit you not. We don't see him ever again (laughs) like he's not dead he's not dead last we see him but he's also not shown later like i'm back guys (laughs) he's not like in the police precinct he's not in the ambulance they're living this way up to debate which i appreciate i think koa shaw is going to be playing a big role in the sequel i don't know what it's going to be because we all know he's going to be back from malignant 2 Matuglint, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. In the meantime, thanks everyone so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and this series, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we'd really appreciate that so we continue to grow the show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. And everybody, big and news we'll be back on tuesday with another mike flanagan netflix series to review last year we talked about the haunting of blind manor and this time we'll be covering midnight mass sounds exciting i'm looking forward to it so go check that out on netflix and look forward to our thoughts this coming week austin and keith are you guys looking forward to that binge really excited for that I love this time of year spooky season's great we get one month out of the year to do scary stuff and from everything I've seen, this one is pretty creepy, so I can't wait to get into it next week. Yeah, I'm also excited. Love Halloween time, love watching all the movies, going back to the classics, and then watching this new stuff, and yeah, I enjoyed The Haunting of Hill House, The Bly Manor, so I think this one will probably be good as well. In addition to Midnight Mass, um, also upcoming, Matt and I will be getting together again for another episode of Co-op Couch. It'll be time to break down the newest from Arcane Studios, Death Loop. Um, I've completed it, Matt's working through it, and we can't wait to talk about it. Lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's, or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Send us your favorite movie of 2021. Let us know your thoughts on Malignant, the Spider-Man films, uh, have you been liking What If so far, and are you looking forward to Midnight Mass? Be sure to let us know. Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week for Midnight Mass. And in the meantime, where is my mind? See you later, you cock knockers.